On this episode, we talk about the results of our 2015 Auto Reliability Survey, next on Talking Cars. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Talking Cars with Consumer Reports. I'm Tom Mutchler. I'm Mark Rechton. And I'm Jake Fisher. Reliability. It's a very important subject for buyers of a new car, and it's very important for us here at Consumer Reports. It's that time of year when we release the results of our annual reliability survey, this time for 2015. Mark, there's some new stuff that we did this year, isn't there? Absolutely. In the past, we would switch up our survey by having both print versions and online versions, but that was a little limiting. We're going to get a little wonky here, right off the bat. This year, we did only online surveys, and that reduced the number of responses by a little bit. But in response, we have way more granular data. We have actual verbatims, write-ins from people that actually detail the problems, whereas in the past, it might just say engine minor. Well, now we get to find out how minor, in the words of, the, of, of our own readers, it's describing what exactly went wrong. I think it's an epic data set to work with. No, it's a terrific resource. And if you go at consumerreports.org, we have reliability data on literally hundreds and hundreds of cars going back a decade. But we're going to talk about new cars right now. We're going to talk about trends, things that are going wrong with new cars, and we're going to look at brands and how brands are faring. Jake, there's a couple trends, a couple things that tend to go wrong with new cars, aren't there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, there's some uh, old trends that we've seen, and there's some new trends, too. So um, infotainment systems, okay, electronics, these things, we have seen problems with them before. They still are problems as, you know, it's kind of this disease that is taking hold of the auto industry yeah, and it keeps on spreading. The auto industry is not the electronics industry. Right, and exactly. And they keep showing they're not awesome <clears throat> at electronics. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, if you have a smartphone and you've got, you know, something from Samsung or Apple, I mean, they've been doing advanced electronics for a very long time. They know mm -hmm. how to do touch screens. They know how to do all this stuff. Um, the cars are, there's a, there's a curve, you mm -hmm. know, and, they, and they're learning. Um, they're getting better. Some of the ones that introduced it earlier, oddly enough, I mean, we were very outspoken about stuff like iDrive and MMI from, from Audi, mm -hmm. BMW's BMW, iDrive. Yeah. Um, you know, they're actually getting very reliable, and actually they're simpler now too. They've mm -hmm. actually taken out of the, some of the complexity out. But we haven't seen a whole lot of problems from them. But it's like as the rest of the market gets all these infotainment systems, we're seeing a lot of problems. And I want to make the point, it's not about hard to use and, you know, we, we talk about that yeah, evaluation. Sure. We talk about, oh, whether it's hard or conf confounding to use. We're actually saying, did it not work? Did you have to bring it back to the dealer because the screen went blank or it's not hooking up to your phone anymore or it's not doing what it's supposed to do? That we're still seeing a lot of problems. The other piece of technology that we're seeing problems with, and this is new, is transmissions. And no, transmissions are not new. Um, no, no, transmissions no. are, I mean, we, we've often talked about it. You know, when we've looked back over the years, last, you know, last year and the year before, when we've looked at what's really going wrong with cars, we always said, well, it's the, you know, the engine's transmissions. They got those down. They mm -hmm. know how to do this. They right. just don't know how to do the electronics. Well, now we're seeing problems in transmissions, but it is, again, new technology. It's the new types of transmissions. It's these um, dual clutch transmissions. We're seeing transmissions with eight and nine speeds. We're seeing uh, transmissions that, you know, CVTs. Mm -hmm. We're seeing some problems with those. So that is a new trend that we're, we're noticing, and we're seeing some cars that have not been um, having trouble trouble with them, now they actually have reliability issues. Right, Mark, um, why is this happening all in a sudden? Well, okay, first of all, let's, let's talk about infotainment a little bit. And I think part of the pressure on the, on the car companies is that 
their development cycles are far longer and product cycles are far longer than you have for a smartphone. So if your Samsung or your Apple or whatever phone has a glitch, they do an over-the-air fix. But for the case of car companies, they're building a system that has to be, that's three years in development to be put in place because it has to be able to survive crash tests, heat tests, cold tests, all these things. And then it is on sale for five to seven more years. So you're talking about stuff that can be 10 years possibly behind the curve of your smartphone. Right, and not every company is as advanced as Tesla, that they can continually beam stuff down to you. You know, sometimes you'll get an update you can go back to the dealer and get, but they just don't have that capability to keep fixing things on the run. Dealers are really hesitant at updating software. Personal example, we're getting way off reliability here, but just for example, uh, the 2012 BMW 3 Series that I leased, the, the the navigation system wasn't very good, but for 2013 it was much better. I went in, asked for a reflash, they flat out said no. I went all the way to BMW North America, they said no, because it's too complicated to do that. Mm -hmm. So when you're dealing with that complexity, that leads to the possibility for problems of the computer screen, of the, of the, of the monitor freezing up, of it not turning on the rear drive camera, rear, uh, rear view camera when you wanna back up. These are problems, these are things that require you to take it into the dealer. It's not. Uh, a complaint about usability or the user interface, that's totally different. Well, These are pure reliability problems. Well, and, and, and to make that point, and I think, you know, again, bringing it back to the smartphones and the, the, the consumer electronics thing, look, I mean, we all know, if you've got an iPhone, when iOS 8 comes out or iOS 9 comes out, guess what? There's bugs. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We put up with it because, you know what? It doesn't mean we're stranded on the side of the road. We just have to reboot our phones. But what happens after iOS 9 comes out on, on your iPhone? 9.01 comes yeah. out, and they're like, oh, we'll fix those bugs. That's what's normal. You can't do that with a car. You can't say, oh, look, okay, it's going to be, you know, you'll break down a bunch of times, but you know what, we'll come up with an update and it'll beam, up, beam, beam down to you. It, you can't do that. No, and I mean, in fact, there's a couple of examples that we had, uh, like Cadillac's Q. Q is, Q has a bunch of reliability problems, and, you know, Q was a very substantial system when it came out. It was a very clean sheet design. Likewise, uh, you have uh, Chrysler's Uconnect. When it came out back in 11, it was pretty reliable, but they've kept making changes and kept right. adding things and revising it. And now it's the new, the latest versions have bugs right. that, that are causing problems. Right. Uh, even GM's MyLink, you know, that, that are on some Chevys, uh, that has some bugs in it too mm -hmm. that we keep seeing in these reliability surveys. Yep. Whereas Ford's My Ford Touch, it's Kind of, the interface really isn't that good, but they've been making it for so long that mm -hmm. they almost have it worked out. It, just in time to launch Sync 3, which supposedly <laughs> is yeah. more stable and runs better and right, is more intuitive. Blackberry's QNX rather than uh, Windows. But we won't know about that until next year because it's just now rolling out. But for the time being, my Ford Touch, it's like they finally started getting its mojo right. Mm -hmm. Well, in terms of reliability. Yes. It's still <laughs> the interface an ergonomic still wreck, yeah. really. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Uh, let's go back to talking about those transmissions. Okay. So you have car companies uh, with higher cafe standards trying to find ways to eke out higher fuel economy. So they're going to very high-tech mm -hmm. transmission solutions, dual-clutch transmissions, uh, CVTs, nine-speed automatics. And there are some companies that just aren't executing this well, aren't there? There are, and I think Part of it goes back to the idea of, of how diligent the company is in other parts of, of the vehicle. Uh, you, we're, we're seeing trends of if a company does other parts of the vehicle poorly, the transmission work also comes up a bit short. It's not to say that all of these new tech transmissions are bad. Um, there's a lot of dual clutch transmissions out there from Audi and BMW that work 
great and they're reliable. The CVTs in... But those, those are also companies that have been building these things for a long time. Right, so companies that are new to it are having teething problems. Um, the continuously variable transmissions in some of the Hondas aren't as reliable, but the CVTs and their hybrids, which they've been building for a while, are reliable. And as far as the eight and nine speed transmissions, it's just more moving parts. Obviously, the more gear reductions you have, more chance of problems. And depending on which company is building it, uh, the results are, are varied. But there are certain car companies that are having real problems with the eight and nine speeds. But you know, it's an interesting point that you brought up that car companies that you see are having trouble fully developing vehicles as a whole, getting all the development right, are winding up with some transmission problems. Um, you know, that's Chrysler. You know, with that nine-speed automatic, it has been a mess. And yeah, they're buying a—they're basically buying a box from ZF, and you know, with to their specifications and tuning it. But it has a pile of problems. Yeah, it's—it is—it is totally true. It depends on what the manufacturer is. Some manufacturers are able to introduce things, but but what's interesting? I mean, you know, one way to look at it is some manufacturers are—they go a little bit quicker in terms of technologies. You know, they're trying to do all these things. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at. You look at a manufacturer like Toyota, right? I mean, I guess, okay, is Toyota innovative? Is Lexus innovative? Well, I guess you could sort of say they are, but they're actually very conservative. I mean, when they redesign Toyotas and Lexus, and, you know, look, they're making, you know, cut to the chase, these are make the most reliable cars out right. there. Um, that's what our latest survey shows. Um, Toyota and Lexus, they're right at the top. But these vehicles, they're kind of slow to introduce things. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't see a lot of new technologies from these cars. We see platforms. When they redesign your new Camry or your new Lexus. There's a lot of bits left over. Oh yeah, there are. And they're not being the first ones out there with small displacement turbos and dual clutch transmissions mm -hmm. and, and CVTs and the latest, uh, you know, all types of technology. They're actually kind of, you know, let's stick with that six-speed automatic that mm -hmm. works well. That we, sure. we we had the growing pains of it ten years ago, but we, we're pretty good at it now. I mean, that three-five has been around for a long time and it works great. Yeah, which is why next year's numbers, not to get way ahead of ourselves, are going to be really intriguing because we're going to get Prius on that data set, and the we're brand, gonna, the, the brand new Prius that arrives any day now, but basically mm -hmm. on sale December-ish, mm -hmm. and we'll have enough to to show. This is, this is a time when Toyota is taking that step, when there's a whole lot new happening all at once. This is the foundation of a lot of their other vehicle platforms. Right. And this will be a real turning point for the company is they're really good at slow ramp ups, but when they get to the point of, you know, we have to turn on a dime, this is really immediate, everything's coming due now, will it be as, as durable, as, as, as reliable as what they're used to? I mean, the Prius is a great example. I mean. Look at the 2015 Prius. You know, anybody look at that car. Then look at the 2004 Prius. They kind of look the yeah, same. They're not there far hasn't off. been a whole, okay, fine. The engine went from 1.5 to 1.8. But you know what? It really hasn't changed that much. I mean, this is a technologically advanced vehicle. I mean, one of these a vehicle that's getting incredibly great fuel economy, but they haven't changed a lot. And that's why they were able to get the great reliability out of it. But there, right. was, there was a dip in 2010, and this is the thing that makes right. next year really intriguing, is they did some kind of big deal transformations, at least big deal to Toyota, to the customer you could hardly tell. Mm. But in 2010, there was a little hiccup in reliability. Yeah. Right. And, and we've seen hiccups in reliability every time they redesign a car. Not Toyota, everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, everything dips. And sometimes it dips from really reliable to okay reliability, sometimes it goes from okay reliability to terrible, but there's always that dip. And the more changes you make, 
the bigger that gap is going to be. I want to talk about some companies that took a pretty big dip in reliability. But before we leave the issue of transmissions, you know, obviously we're big fans of high fuel economy. We think efficient cars are a good thing for consumers. We think they're a good thing for the environment. The thing is, is that these high, these technologies of, you know, dual clutch CVTs, um, dual clutch CVTs, that's a, that's a new it's, one. It's amazing. You just, you just came up with that. You I patent that. I should patent that. It's my ticket out of here. Um, <laughs> the thing is, is that you have car companies that can pull, Mazda, you have car companies that can pull yeah. this stuff off with six-speed automatics and pretty mundane engine technology. Yes. So it kind of makes I don't think you Mazda would really care. Well, I'm sure call. they wouldn't, but, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're saying it in a good way. I yes. mean, and, and, and I love the Mazda compliment. example yes. because the Mazda are putting out, there's no, no turbos, no small displacement turbos. Yep. They're six-speed automatics. They're not dual clutch. They're not CVTs. And they're just kicking it in terms mm. of fuel economy and performance and smoothness. And, and reliability. And reliability, yep, exactly. They are, they are showing that you can, there's companies that can you very fully develop cars. You refine what you know, that. you refine it. And sure, they are doing some magic. You know, they got some special sauce where they got some super high uh, compression ratios going mm -hmm. on. But I mean, it, it is not reinventing the wheel. They've just refined the wheel. Right. Let's talk about someone who is refining the wheel, and that's Lexus. Like you said, Lexus at the top of the ratings. Mm -hmm. You know, just very, very reliable cars. The curious thing is, is that Lexus right now is really the only Japanese luxury brand that you can say that for because they've been slumping quite, the others, Acura and Infinity, have been slumping quite a bit. Yeah, and this is where we're seeing a lot of the, uh, the infotainment systems really having negatives, uh, both for uh, Infinity and Acura. Acura, again, on the transmission side, uh, the eight-speed transmission is, is having uh, some real problems in certain of the cars, especially the, the TLX when it came out. Um, but we're, you know... Yeah, the TLX was launched with a pair of bad transmissions. Both the 8-speed mm -hmm. dual-clutch and the 9-speed conventional automatic yep. are, are a mess. So the whole idea of, well, if you get a reliable Japanese mainstream vehicle, then the luxury version will be even better, not holding true. No, because it used to be the time where you'd have someone come up and you say, hey, should I get an Audi or should I get an Acura? And five years ago, that would have been a very different answer because Audi's doing really well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting because, I mean, what we're used to be is like, you know, days beyond, before, right? I mean, you had, you'd have the car and it would be pretty reliable and then you start adding on all that stuff on top of it, mm -hmm. you know, the power stuff and all that stuff and those are the more things that go wrong. So the high-end vehicles were less reliable than the, the mom and pop version. Mm -hmm. um, now it's everywhere, right? right? So, I mean, in terms of Acura, Honda's got to have some stubbles, stumbles, and Acura is worse. It's, it's following that trend. But, yeah, look at Volkswagen, Audi, it's, it's, it's gone the other way. More Audi. Well, well, Audi has gone the other way. So you go up to an Audi and you're getting a more reliable vehicle. Now, I mean, truth be, it's not like they're just taking Volkswagens and adding a bunch of equipment to it. No. I mean, the truth is that they're kind of designed a little bit differently. They're produced in different places. Certainly, they're built around different price points, and they're sourcing the vehicles differently. It's also so. helping that Audi has a pretty mature product lineup. I mean, That's true. their products are all... Yeah, they've, they've had a time to perfect it. But if we look at the brand scores, Volkswagen also improved markedly. I know it's not cool to be saying nice things about Volkswagen these days with their diesel problems. But from the, from the perspective of reliability, when you look at both Volkswagen and Audi, they both improved. Oh, Volkswagen jumped a few places. They're still not in the upper ranks, but they are definitely now much more to be considered. A lot of their individual products fall above 
average reliability, that's that's strong. Okay, I mean they're not they're not way up there, but Audi is. Audi's number three, yeah. right behind Toyota Lexus. I mean that is hugely that's significant. Amazing. Who would have thought that? And it's not like this kind of like flash in the pan thing going on. I mean we've been talking about Audi just inching up in the mm -hmm. brand ratings year after year after year. I mean this is going on five years, where I mean this is a, v a manufacturer that. You know, no one would trust them no, in terms I of mean, reliability. I remember going back in the old days, my dad's Audi Fox just being horrible, horrible, horrible. <laughs> and Audi 5000s, just, yeah. just total junk <laughs> but, cars. But, but, but when, when, it, when it broke the top 10, they're like, really? No, nah, it'll go back down next year. And it just keeps on inching up in terms of reliability. There's another interesting side effect of Honda coming down in the ratings. Uh, Kia and Hyundai are going up to, to the point that Kia's actually beat Honda when it comes to reliability. That's it, another surprise that I think most people wouldn't. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, both Hyundai and Kia, I mean, they have been on the rise. They're, they're I mean, in terms of not just reliability, but in terms of their product, mm -hmm. right? I mean, oh, yeah. there's still people who are used to, you know, you know, Hyundais from, you know, 1985 yeah, the and Excel. the Excel. Mm -hmm. and, and they started out with such a terrible, terrible name, but I mean, they just, you know, over the years, they've gotten, they've gotten styling down, they've gotten reliability, they've gotten, uh, they're fun to drive. I mean, they've really, really reinvented themselves. And, um, you know, now you look at Kia and I, I still, I mean, no matter how much, you know, they try to explain it, I still can't figure out the difference between Hyundai and Kia. Like, yeah. which one? It's like, it's like the Pontiac and the Oldsmobile. I'm like, I can't really work it out. Okay, I'm old. But, you know, <laughs> but what, here, here's what we can say about reliability mm -hmm. versus Hyundai and Kia is that usually Hyundai gets the stuff first, right. then Kia gets it. Mm -hmm. And you think, oh, well, uh, poor Kia, you know, they get the technology later. But in terms of reliability, that is good. And it's not even just reliability, it's actually in terms of tuning the product. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like Hyundai is kind of like the, uh, the guinea pig, and then they work it all out for Kia in terms of reliability and refinement, and Kia is now building some really impressive vehicles. Right, actually, um, you know, looking at our road test results, we saw that with the Santa Fe versus <coughs> the Sorento. The Sorento is a more fully realized vehicle. That's right, as, and more reliable. As much as nice as the Santa Fe is, the mm -hmm. Sorento is a nicer car, and yeah, it is more reliable. Um, another car company that's on the rise is Ford. Yeah, well, Ford, you know, you were talking about before, but in terms of having all new products, I mean, Ford was the poster child of this a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. They came out with new platforms, new engines, new infotainment, the whole thing. And they went from really standing out of the pack in terms of the domestics, I mean, right up there with the Japanese, to just plummeting to the right. bottom of the barrel in terms of reliability. Because they came out with these clean sheet, extraordinarily high-tech cars. Exactly. Really desirable, great-looking cars. Mm -hmm. The Escape, the Fusion. Right. Focus. Focus. Focus, yeah. And so they did that and they kind of just black mark on their reputation of reliability. But now they've kind of like settled mm -hmm. and year after year they're inching up. They're getting the problems like we talked about right. in terms of my Ford Touch, in terms of all of the, they're, they're getting better. And now they're really standing out against the domestics in terms of reliability. Mm -hmm. And they're, I, I believe they're going to continue to inch up. Yeah. I mean, they're also releasing some new products, which, you know, sort of mixed, mixed but they're, but they're more like, but, but they're more like derivations of most of the new products are derivations of things that they're already established. Yeah, it's not crazy new. Not everything new. Stuff. And yeah. hopefully we're not going to see everything new. Right. I mean, except for, you know, maybe the Ford GT, but, but even that's going to, you know, EcoBoost V6. So let's carry over. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully we get that, sample size from that car. That would be, <laughs> that'd be nice. Um, well, hang on a second. 
the F-150's new and the Mustang's new. Aren't those all new products? Well, I mean, not, not really. I mean, we're talking clean sheet, clean sheet. I mean, they're carrying over powertrains, they're carrying over engines, um, not a whole lot of new in terms of transmission. So, I mean, there is some new stuff, but I mean, we're talking about, you know. And you my Ford at, Touch. Yeah, and my <laughs> Ford Touch, that's right. They, they didn't even they recycled, launch. They did, they did not launch with they didn't Sync launch 3. They didn't even launch with Sync 3. So they, they hedged their bets. That's right. Yep. Um, a company that just can't seem to get a break is Chrysler. There is, there is not a reliable Ram, Fiat, or Jeep product in our survey. Yeah, and, and Fiat just can't seem to quite get its act together. I mean, they have these charming, cute cars, but boy, the, the, the verbatims, the write-ins we're getting from readers read like something from the 70s or the 50s. I mean, it, it still is. Fix it again, Tony. Mm -hmm. And it's just, ugh. The, the it's outrage. replacing engines like that yeah. one yeah. that one four liter turbo and the six speed dual clutch and the five hundred L. It's it's, just, it's major componentry that's just being yanked out and replaced, and that's just there is no place for that in in today's automotive marketplace. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they they need to get the reliability back together in a very very quickly mm -hmm. <laughs> because um, the reputation that they're going to have uh, is just going to stick with them. Right. You know, especially when you have you know some you know. I mean, people love Jeeps, but you know, if you keep putting out Cherokees that are really unreliable, mm -hmm. or, you know, stuff yeah. like that, it's just grand you know, Cherokees. And, 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 and you know, when it comes to a Jeep Wrangler, it's like you can almost like forgive it because you know, ah, you say go over the mountains or whatever. It's like the Cherokee. I mean, this is a vehicle that you might replace your CRV, which mm -hmm. you know, you didn't have to do anything but change the oil for 250. You're gonna be pretty miles. mad if you replace your Rav4 with a Cherokee, right? And you wind up with the number of problems that they wind up having. That's right. So once again, check out ConsumerReports.org. We have detailed information on hundreds and hundreds of different cars. You can find out how reliable your car is. As always, we appreciate you listening. We'll see you next time.